The Romantics by Edmund Ross Stand. Act Two, Scene Five. Still lingering here, I understand it well. Chained to this spot where great events befell, adventures all unknown. Unknown, I say, unknown. Just there, you almost swooning lay. You saw me conquer, like Amadis then, thirty assassins. There were only ten. Dearest, thou art troubled. At our secret tryst, your sapphire eyes deepening to amethyst, in their blue depths a shadow I have detected. Sometimes his language seems a bit affected. But hold, I comprehend what dims those rays, a wistful memory of perfect days. You mourn the wall, weighted with vines and flowers, witness of those first hopes and fears of ours. Destroyed that wall? Nay, that could never be. Has romance lost Verona's balcony? Does it not hang where breezes ever play, that moonlit balcony forever sway, the ladder mid the blossoms of that night, haloed forever with supernal light? The eternal lovers make the immortal scene. Our wall, demolished, stands in living green, on which has grown a mad, romantic riot, flowers of our wondrous love. You won't keep The wish that you an hour ago expressed to see our love in lyric verses dressed? (laughs) Well, this poem. Well? I have written it. Can you make verses? (laughs) I rhyme a bit. Here's what I made up as I walked along. The Foeman's Father's epic. Oh. First song. Oh. What? What ails thee? Gladness. Nerves. I... I believe you'd better leave me to compose my... <laughs> I... I leave you. <laughs> this day of days, emotion's natural. He sees the table and the sheet of paper on which the bill is written. He sits down. I'll just jot down my lines. He takes the paper, is about to write, but stops, his pencil poised, and reads... I, Strafferel, pretended fall, from sword thrust weak and shifty, damage to coat ten francs, to self-love fifty? <laughs> What's this? He continues in a whisper. The smile disappears. His eyes bulge. T'would take him down if he should know. I nearly told. I must take care. Oh, oh. You said? I, uh... Not. It makes it all so shoddy. So that is why we never found the body. He looks so cross. Suppose... Suppose he'd guess. You haven't told me how you like my dress. Blue's not becoming. I prefer the rose. Blue not becoming? (gasps) I believe he knows. The agent's bill. The account. I put it there. What on earth ails you turning everywhere? Oh, nothing. If the wind has blown it down, nothing. I was just pranking out my gown. If he has found, I'll see. Hmm. You meant to say your verses on our love. Recite them, pray. 
Oh, no. Thy poem Known. of... Come, recount the great... They're poor. They're of no... Account? I haven't the account. Pardon. I am so, uh... Pardon, but... She knows? He knows? You, you know? know? <laughs> Is it not droll? <laughs> Very droll. They, truly, they made us play a role. A role. Our fathers were good friends. The best of neighbors. They might be kinsmen sharing land and labors. I espouse my cousin. I espouse my cousin. Pretty. Quite classic. Ordered by the dozen such marriages. True. For the loss of beauty, we have a love that's docile and a duty. The lands are joined by this, our intervention. We make we two... A marriage of convention. Dead, our poor little idol of the wall. Don't speak of idols. Let's forget it all. A sweet young girl. Yes, I am one of these. I am the safe match to please our families. And twas as Romeo, Silvet, I won thee. Now Romeo sheds no romance upon thee. And do you think you still play Juliet's part? You're acrimonious. You are rather tart. If you were made ridiculous, God knows it wasn't my fault. If I had that pose, I didn't pose alone. It's all revolting. Ugh, my poor bluebird. Your fine plumes are molting. Similic capture. Pseudo-swordsman factor. <laughs> Feigned abduction. Ha! A rescue actor! Our poetry's a joke for all our trouble. It grew before our eyes, a rainbow bubble, bright-hued and lovelier than summer roses. It bursts, and soap suds sprinkle on our noses. So, lover whom I mimicked, silly wretch, lady whose slippers she might meekly fetch, Shakespearean couple so divinely wrought, we have in common with you naught. 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 Thinking to make a diviner harmony, we played not Shakespeare, but a parody. Our nightingale was but a caged canary. Our wall, a puppet stage by some vagary. And when we met there every day, appearing with bated breath, despairing, hoping, fearing, brave lovers whose immortal fame would linger, puppets we were on the paternal finger. True, but we'll seem still sillier if found to love each other less. Let love abound. They bid us love. We will not do them wrong. Oh, let's adore. Adore is not too strong. Love could console disaster greater far. Am I right, treasure? It is true, my star. Goodbye, my soul. Good evening, oh, my bride. I'll think of thee, my heart, on my own side. I here on mine. Farewell. Good evening. She goes out. Made a joke. I so deceived. Who comes in this wide cloak, which yet permits the doublet strange to show, this bearded fellow whom I do not know? Strafferel, entering at these words, stalks majestically across the scene. Scene six. What is it? It concerns a modest sum. A tradesman. Yes. Run, tell your pa I've come. That's a good boy. Your name before I go, 
My name is Straffarel. He? Here? Oh, no. Oh, no, that would be quite intolerable. Come, come. You know, young man? Personay flings at him the crumpled bill which he takes from his pocket. Ah, miserable, t'was thou! Lord, yes. Per bacco, it was me. Met face to face, I'd seek this enemy to the world's end. You find me fat and hearty, as could have been expected of a party you killed. The other men you slew are... Personay rushes at him, sword in hand. Thou shalt see... Straffarel parries with his arm like a fencing-master who is giving a lesson. Hand high, foot well advanced, to be untaught at your age, time you were commencing. With a turn of his wrist, he makes Personay's sword fly out of his hand, and, returning it to him with a bow. What, learn so soon the elements of fencing? Personay takes up his sword. I'm gone. I won't be treated like a child. I'll be avenged. I'm going to be wild. Romances, affairs, duels. So fast shall come Don Juan, sir, shall turn over in his tomb. I'll kidnap actresses. I'll have my fill. He dashes out, brandishing his sword. All very well. But who will pay my bill? Scene 7. Straffarel calls to Personay, who is out of sight. Hey, you there, stop. Here something else is shown. Enter Bergamon and Pascano, wigs off, coats torn, as if they had been in a fight. Here's your shoe. Uh, uh, here, sir, it's your own. It must be plain that after this proceeding, here's your cane. Oh, thank you. Uh, it's time you were conceding to live with you is too much sacrifice, uh, even for my son, sir. Not at any price. My daughter! Best not tell her right away. Scene 8 Papa, I will not marry Personate! Enter the witnesses and the notary in their Sunday best. Notary? Witnesses, plague take you! Huh? This sounds... Straffarel, in the midst of the tumult, having picked up the bill Personate flung at him. My bill. You pay my bill. It's eighty pounds. Enter the guests and three violins, playing a minuet. Violins? Devil fetch you. The violins automatically continue playing the minuet. Straffarel impatiently addresses Bergman. My bill before I go. Uh, speak, speak to, to Pascano. Straffarel emphasizes the words of the bill, pointing them out one by one with his finger. Abduction to secure betrothal, rout of... They're unbetrothed. Aha! That lets me out. I will not pay. But, sir... Well, you are cool. You think I'll pay a copper? You're a fool. Blaze whispers something to Bergman. My boy? He's gone. Gone? Straffarel, who has started back, stops and looks at her. Come, come. Run! Stop my child! He goes out, running, followed by the notary, witnesses, and guests. Gone! Straffarel comes down and watches her attentively. If those young things could be reconciled, be brought again together... Gone! He had the heart to leave me! She goes out, and Pascano follows her. It's 
Master Raphael, my lad, to earn thy eighty pounds, beyond a doubt this lover's quarrel must be straightened out. He goes off. The three violins remain in the middle of the scene, still playing their minuet. Act three. Same setting. One sees material for rebuilding the wall. The foundations are already laid. Sacks of plaster, wheelbarrows, hods, trowels. When the curtain rises, a mason is discovered at work. He is sitting on his heels, his back to the audience. Bergman and Pascano, each on his own side, inspect the work. Scene one. Try, lie, delude. Workmen are never quick. Delorio, delude. There goes a brick. Ah, slap the mortar. Half goes the trowel. Delorio, Delorio, de Raoul. Fine voice, but slow. Fine sight for the beholder. A, a good bit is done. Before we're one day older, twill stand two feet above the turf. Oh, rapture. Dear wall, my eyes thy outline will recapture. What did you say, sir? Uh, nothing, not to you. After your dinner, eh, what do you do? Nothing. And you? The same. A pause. They bow, and each paces up and down on his own side. The wall again is rising, sir. I therefore will agree to let you come sometimes to call. Maybe I will do you that honor. Ah, now say, come for a game of piquet. I don't know that I... Come, since I invite. Lord, say, begs I beseek. Come on, all right. You, you owe me ten pence from last time. My choice. Uh, Mason, work well. Tra -la. A charming voice. They go out. Scene two. The moment they disappear, the mason turns, takes off his hat. It is Strafarel. I am the mason. Since the late event, not walls alone I'm seeking to cement. He sits down on the low curbing made by the rebuilding. Romance. Young fellows will pursue that fancy. But one can guess, not needing necromancy, he'll come back wiser. Yes, when youth's at large, life takes the youngster's discipline in charge. A wholesome bath of fact meets those who roam. Aye, life will trim our little cockerel's comb. He will return, trailing his wing a bit. I, by a method parallel and fit, must cure Sylvette. It calls for all my arts, but Strafarel, thou man of many parts, thou hast played Marquis, or Prince, or what may chance, been hissed in half the provinces of France. This ought to serve. He takes from his mason's smock a letter, which he slips into a hollow tree. If you knew all it meant, you would be grateful, fathers. Seeing Sylvette, who enters. My cement. 
He picks up his hod and disappears behind the wall. Sylvette appears, looking cautiously about her. Then... No. No one. She throws her veil on the bench. Does my letter wait today? An unknown gallant daily comes this way and slips one in this lightning-riven tree. Green mailbox nature painted just for me. She puts her hand into the crevice in the tree. Yes, faithful postman. Sylvette, heart of marble, hear the last love song this hid bird shall warble from the cleft tree. Tigress, you make no sign, though daily letters tell you how I pine. <gasps> what style he has. Love is eternal strife. She nervously crumples the letter in her hand. Ah, uh, Mr. Personay is seeing life. He claimed that right. Well, I will see it too. I won't stay here with not a thing to do and bored to death. Would the unknown, whose words come from the branches full of mating birds, could suddenly spring forth? Just as I stand, not going for my hat, I'd take his hand and follow, follow. I must have romance. Appear, O oh stranger. Even now, perchance, I love him. Hands outstretched, I stand and say, Come! I am here. Help! Help me, Personae! Men, don't come near me! Hostile, and so moved. Yet I am he whose style you so approved a moment since. I am the favored mortal, whose messages you sought at yon green portal. He on whose love you count to take your hand, and lead you forth to some idyllic land. Man. You take me for the mason, darling, jest, exquisite. I am Marquis, tis confessed, of Astafior Cercita, whose persistence still seeks to flavor a too-flat existence, with deeds of daring, like an errant knight, ready to dream, make poetry, or fight. I could not penetrate with rhyme or rowel, your garden, cold one, so I took a trowel. With a grandiose gesture, he flings his trowel away, and swiftly casting off his mason's smock and doffing his hat, which is white with plaster, he appears in a glittering Almaviva costume, blonde peruke, conquering mustache. My lord. From one called Straffarel, I learned your history. Mad love within me burned for the poor victim, innocent and tender, deceived so basely, yearning to defend her. Marquis. Look not so like a startled ghost. Of his base part the rascal dared to boast. I killed him. Killed him? With a single whack. I've always had the headsman's happy knack. My lord. I understand, heart dear and lonely. You wish romance, at any price and only. But, Marquis. Tis decreed. This night I take. Oh, sir. Carry you off for good. Sir. Do not awake. Dream on, my heart. Sylvette consents. Tonight we take, together, our mad, glorious flight. If your papa is crazed, delirious, so much the worse. Sir! If they follow us, for they pursue elopers with severity, so much the better. But, my lord! In verity, so much the better. Pursuers left behind will bear our brows to rain, to storm, to wind. Sir! 
to gain a continent romantic, dark, incontinently lady will embark. Sir! In that land where lovers' paths converge, happy will go in sackcloth and in surge. Ah, uh, but... For I am penniless. I feel you'd scorn a prosperous lover. Y- yes Each meal shall be of bread, bread moistened by sweet tears. Yet... Exile brings us flowers instead of fears. Sir... Misfortune is our fortune. For our part, no hearthstone, but a tent flap, and thy heart... A tent? Four pegs, canvas, supporting bars, or if you choose, love, nothing but the stars. Oh, but... What? Seized with sudden quaking? Is it too far, this journey we are taking? So be it. Hidden, dear divinity, we'll live alone, shunned by society. Intoxicating thought. Sir, you're misled. People will pass us with averted head. My God. Conventions for the vulgar herd, happy to be misprized by folks absurd. Oh, sir! No task shall carry me away. I'll tell my passion all the live-long day. Sir! We will live a life all poesy. I shall have mad attacks of jealousy. Oh, sir. When jealous, this you may rely on. I'm a jackal, a wolf, a raging lion. Sir! If you break our bond, lo, I have said, immediately you shall be massacred. Sir. Ha! You tremble. Dear God, what a lesson. Is blood by Bacchus your full vein's possession, or but a sound that murmurs? What is this? Are you a common bread and butter, miss? Dare you attempt this dashing destiny? Go I alone, or goest thou with me? Oh, sir. I understand. My voice availed, and you are strong. For the last time you've quailed. I'll come and seize you soon. Upon my horse, across my saddle. Ill at ease, of course. But sedan chairs, though pretty and commodious, fit false abductions and are therefore odious. But, sir... Soon... Soon, ere the clock's next stroke, I only go to seek a horse, a cloak. Still pursued from land to land, we'll flee. O yearning dreams, O sweet reality, my soul to thy soul, sister shall repeat, soon and forever. Forever? Oh, how sweet! You will live always with the cherished being for whom you sighed without so much as seeing. And who, not knowing you, for you could burn. Before going out, he looks at Sylvette swooning on the bench and says softly, Now, Master Personet, you may return. Scene three. Sylvette, alone, opening her eyes. Oh, sir, Marquis, not cross the saddle, sir. Have pity on me. I am not like her. Oh, not at all. Let me go home. Ugh, tonight. I am a bread and butter, miss. Oh, you are right. He's gone. Marquis. Dear God, a dream. None spoke. I'd rather be abducted in a joke. Ah, well, Sylvette, my child, you've had your chance. You called aloud, and loudly, for romance. Romance came, and you were not content? The stars, the surge, the exile, and the tent. I don't want romance served me with a scoop. Oh, 
just a taste, like bay leaves in the soup. It is too much. I won't cross any oceans. I'll be content with sweet young girl emotions. The twilight makes vague violet shadows on the lawn. She picks up the veil she has thrown on the bench and envelops her head and shoulders in its light folds. And dreamily, who knows? Person A appears. He is in rags. His arm in its tattered sleeve hangs limply at his side. A hat with a soiled and broken plume hides his face at first. Scene four. Person A, not yet seen by Sylvette. I've had no food since yesterday. I reel with weariness. Pride. Manhood. Nay. Silly intrigues such as all goodness censures. They're not at all amusing, wild adventures. He sits down on the low wall. His hat falls off, and Sylvette sees him. You! He starts up, trembling. She looks at him. In such plight. Can it be? Yes, it can. My God! I look a little, don't I, like the man the artist poses as the prodigal. But he can scarcely stand. I'm tired, that's all. Wounded! You pity an ingrate. Can half a... Fathers alone, sir, killed the fatted calf. Person A makes a motion, and the pain in his arm forces a wry face. Sylvette, in spite of herself, distressed. Nevertheless, that wound... Don't turn so white. The wound is nothing. It will be all right. Sir Vagabond, on great adventures set, what did you do? Nothing of good, Sylvette. <coughs> you cough? <laughs> we walked on ways adventurous, night after night. Night air is dangerous. What funny clothes you have. Some highwaymen took mine, Sylvette, and gave me theirs again. Of course, you found the fortune you were seeking. Let's not indulge, Sylvette, in tactless speaking. Of climbing ladders, little would you wreck to balconies? I nearly broke my neck. You have memories of many a sweet success. I nearly smothered, hidden in the press. You have won great wagers since your quest began. Yes, won a thrashing from a married man. Guitar in hand, sung many a serenade. Learned to dodge duckings better than I played. With a real sword wound, you have surely thrilled me. It would have served me right if it had killed me. And you come home? Footsore. Ashamed in tatters. But you found poetry? That's all that matters. I went in search of what I left behind. Oh, do not taunt me. I adore you. Blind to all our disillusionment? Let be. Our fathers did deceive us dreadfully. No matter. Sunshine floods my heart. I rove no more. They feigned hate. Did we too feign love? The wall. A puppet. You said that to me. I did, Sylvette, but it was blasphemy. At least, old wall, thy puppet stage, tis certain, has fresh green branches festooned for a curtain, the park for center, skyline for a frieze, for hidden orchestra, the April breeze, for properties, her blossoms, every one, Shakespeare for prompter, and for lights, the sun. Like marionettes on finger and on thumb, our fathers made the actors go and come, but on that mimic stage, this glory shines. Twas love himself who spoke the puppet's lines. 
But, oh, we thought we shared a guilty love. We did. That sweet remorse none can remove. For our intentions were so bad, we need no proof to make us criminals indeed. Is it so truly? Truly. Do you not see? Our love, Sylvette, was really infamy. I swear by all thy grace and loveliness, our love was wickedness pure. Wickedness? Tis true. And yet, I still regret our glory. For all our danger was a trumped-up story. Twas real to us who thought so, on my oath. No. My abduction and your duel, both, were false. False, sweetheart, was your fear? What passes in your soul has happened, dear. To think yourself abducted, then, may be just as voracious as plain verity. No. The dear memory is gone. Wild lights, masks, mantles, music, all the dazzling sights, the charm, the combat. Oh, it is too cruel to think it was all made by Straffarel. That night in spring, was that too made by him? The feast of love, the cup of youth abrim, April, who bade us eat and drink thereof. Did he bestar the starry heaven above? Did he make dusk that dimmed the rose-tree's line, Till every rose seemed ghostly and divine, Suspended in the air, mysterious, dimmed, Gray mists, blue shadows, were they made by him? His the sweet langers? Was he near or far, In the pink silver of the evening star? No, surely. His deed, there were flowers aplenty, That it was spring, that you and I were twenty, And that we loved each other, Oh, my dear, there's all the magic. All. Tis true. A tear? Can you forgive the vagabond his crime? Oh, my poor dear, I've loved you all the time. I see again thy brow, the curls that cling, thy fragrant youth, like the first breath of spring. One with, yet sweeter than the wind-kissed clover. No angel can claim kinship with thy lover. He toys with Sylvette's veil. Oh, let me kiss thy veil's hem. Tis so blessed that on thy lovely forehead it can rest. Ah, how this tissue cools my lips. Oh, fool, that left this muslin veil, so sweet, so cool, forsaking this for silks and velvets drabbled. What silks? What velvets? Uh, nothing. I, I babbled. My little girl and... Dotted muslin prey, let me but touch. It's linen, Personae. Trembling, I bend to kiss it, yet I feel my lips might soil it. Knowing as I kneel, oh, airy linen, soft enfolding her, all bliss to win on holding her. Ah, linen airy, fragrant, fragile thing, did some good fairy lend her wing? Ah, airy linen. Scarce the evening dew dares to begin on starring you. Ah, linen airy, lightly shelter her, dear Virgin Mary Gossamer. Oh, airy linen, light as maiden fancy, to weave and spin on necromancy. Ah, linen airy, floating flame of snow, fancies vary, love must grow. Oh, airy linen, her counterpart, white rose to pin on my sweetheart. C. 
see, poetry is in the hearts of lovers, not in adventures only, nor for rovers. Tis true, for my adventures were authentic, and, oh, Sylvette, they weren't at all poetic. And those our crafty fathers made rise, they were poetic, though they were just lies. They built the framework, but our spirits know, on a false trellis, still, true flowers may grow. Poetry, love, but we were crazy, dear, to seek it elsewhere. It was always here. Strafferel appears, conducting the two fathers, and shows them Sylvette and Personay in each other's arms. Scene 5 They're re-betrothed, my son, so pay my bill. Thou lovest him anew? Yes. Flighty still. Do I get my money? That you do, my master. That voice. It is... It is Marquis of Asta... Fiorquercita? It was I, dear miss. I, Straffarel. Forgive my zeal in this. There's this advantage, surely, in my venture. You miss the hardships of a real adventure. Romantic life, as I have let you know it, with its real pangs, you willingly forego it. Doubtless you could, like this young citizen, have seen real life, but girls aren't just like men. The course might be a little rough to go, so I devised a magic lantern show. What's this? Nothing. I love thee. Let it fall. Tomorrow, with one blow, that rising wall. Dividing walls are wholly reprehensible. No. Build the wall. The wall is indispensable. Sylvette gathers all the actors around her. And now, we four and Master Straffarel make for an epilogue a rare rondelle. Dainty dresses and rippling rhymes, and love, with flute and dart and bow. Flowery foolishness, all five know. Sudden tempests, but still the betimes. Ringing rowels and clanging chimes, a good kind bravo abroad doth go. Dainty dresses and rippling rhymes, and love with flute and dart and bow. Home, a harbor from hateful times, a little music, a scene Watteau, a pretty playlet, not long nor slow, sires, lovers, a wall where sweet briar climbs. Dainty dresses and rippling rhymes. And that brings us to curtain close on the romantics.